Okay, so we're not going to do the Hanukkah thing because I sent that out to you guys. So you could read it and do what you want. Um, so you may recall, or I'm sure you don't, I told you in March of 2020 that the COVID thing would never end. Um, and actually, I was wrong. The COVID thing is going to end. And it's going to end one of two ways. Either with the return of Yeshua when he regathers the house of Israel, um, or a bad way. <laughs> so, um, but in the meantime, it's not going to end and the politicians will use, I mean, they just make stuff up and people buy into it. And it's, I mean, it's, it's a mystery to me why people, um, I mean, how dumb do you have to be? And a, they are sheeple. <laughs> And most people just need no proof as soon as somebody says something. Oh my gosh, the sky's falling. We got to do all this stuff and get three more shots. Jeez, I know. So I, you know, I've wondered for a long time how this is even possible. And oh yeah, and Omicron. Did you get the Omicron thing I sent out? I did. I thought that was interesting that they named it that because there have been like 47 different variants already. So how did they, you know, and we all only heard of Delta and now we heard of Omicron. Well, and that thing with Omicron was interesting since the 63 movie and all that. Anyway, it's uh, so anyway, I, I've been wondering for many, 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 many years how people can be. I mean, doesn't anybody look for the truth anymore? And I don't know. So I, I've been doing a wee bit of research on some of it. And, and uh, but it sort of ties into the whole Bible thing, because as you know, I mean, you guys are here, but most people aren't here. Most people don't want to know. They know what they know and they don't want to know anything else. And if you ask them to actually read the words of scripture, they're not that interested because it doesn't line up with what they think they know. And it's always been um, a little frustrating to me. And one of those things, you know, that I fell into, like most of them, was the pre-tribulation rapture thing. And I, and I still hope that it's true, but it's just not in Scripture. It's, you know, and I, in, in my heart, I don't believe it's going to happen that way because it would be almost counterproductive. But... Um, the pastors tell them that's what's going to happen and they don't want to hear it. They don't want to read the words. You know, even when you show them, it's like, well, yeah, that's talks about the pre-tribulation rapture. Where, where does it say that? It doesn't, it's all made up. So, um, you know, and most of the pastors like Jack Hibbs that I listen to are still pre-tribbers and I, you know, and I enjoy them, but it's getting harder and harder and harder for them because all the things they're talking about that are leading up to the seven years are in the book of the apocalypse. So, you know, and they keep saying, well, these things are, are about to happen. Well, no, they're happening. So how do you, you know, it's getting harder and harder for them to stick to this whole pre-trib thing and look around the world and say, these are just the precursors to the seven years. Um, but you know, it doesn't matter either way, pre-trib, post-trib, whatever. Um, the end, <laughs> I believe the end is near. Um, and there are literally hundreds of admonitions in scripture to hold tight, hold fast, stay strong, 
be of good courage, you know, all of that sort of thing. And we should, we should read those things and take them seriously because it's not like this COVID thing is going to blow over and it's just going to get worse. And pretty soon we won't be any different than China. So we'll be uh, completely controlled. Um, it'll just be a horrible, pointless life. And the question is, why do we put up with it? And um, <laughs> I've never understood that. Yeah, but what about the Christians? They're buying into this lock, stock, and barrel too. Yeah, well, and they're scared of dying too, which means they don't have any faith, you know, because that should be the goal anyway. Um, so how do you make the majority of people believe something that's not true? Simple enough question, right? From, you know, from, from the sniffles of two people in South Africa closing the entire world down to people believing Jesus was born on December 25th. I mean, they're both ridiculous and they're both easily disprovable. And yet most people believe it. And I, I, I think back when I was a kid and, you know, the kids that were slightly older than me, teenagers or early 20s, were out protesting everything. I mean, the war, and food, and, you know, everything. They didn't, all they did was question authority. That was the big bumpers to question authority, you know. They didn't believe anything anybody said. Well, now all those people are in their 70s and they're just going, oh, oh my gosh, I've got to believe everything they say. What the hell happened? How does this work? Okay, so, uh, oh, and I have an interesting picture here of what this is. A, this to me is a representation of what our Bible, would, Bible study would have looked like if it had happened in the 40s in Nazi Germany. See the people in the circle? I don't know if you can see that. You've got a whole crowd of, I mean, thousands of people. And then there's these guys in the middle going, I don't get it. That would be us, which I think is good. So how do you get people? I mean, how, is it, how does it work? What's the psychology of uh, motivating people? To, well, okay, fear, maybe. Internet, uh, bad food. Yeah, it could be. When... Um, it was Robert F. Kennedy on that second one was talking about the Milgram experiment, this professor Charles Milgram or something. He did this experiment, throw the next one up. Can you read that? Okay, so that's this professor Charles Milgram. And in, in, in the early 60s, he did an experiment on several college campuses. He did it a number of times. And he would take blacks, whites, um, professors, students, you know, old, young, whatever. And he would bring them in and he'd, he'd set them in front of this machine that has all these dials and stuff. And he'd say, okay, you need to help me because there's a guy, they'd introduce him to the guy and they'd put him in another room and they could see him hooking the electrodes up to the, and he says, we're, we're, we're testing um, how best to learn. So every time he, this guy in the other room gets a question wrong, you need to give him a little shock. And so the experiment went like that. He would, they'd ask a question, the guy would purposely answering it wrong because he's part of the deal. 
And they'd say, okay, give him a little shock. So the first one was like 15 volts. And then he'd answer another one wrong. Oh, you got to jack it up to 30. So it would go until it was 450 volts. So on the, on the gauge thing, it would say mild to lethal. And, and it was amazing that just because this guy had a lab coat on, he could get these people to turn it up to 450 volts, which is lethal, and give the guy in the room the other shock. And he's screaming bloody murder, you know, because he's an actor. He's not really getting shocked. And more than two-thirds of the people would do it. You know, they're crying, oh, don't make me do it. It's not like they have a gun to his head. He's just saying, no, you have to do it. That's part of the experiment. And they would do it. So you've got this poster, Humanity. Never forget that two-thirds of them would shock you to death if Dr. Fauci told them to. Yeah. So that kind of got me going on looking up some of these other things. And there's things called the ash conformity experiments, which is like that picture of the Nazis, where just because everybody else is doing it, you do it. And we've talked before about the one, the experiments where um, the ropes, you know, there's three ropes on the floor. One is visibly shorter than the other two. There's like six people in the room that are already on board with this and they bring the new guy in. And the question is, are the ropes the same length? Well, all of the six people who are in it goes, yeah, 80 some odd percent of the, the guy who wasn't in on it said, yeah, too, because everybody else did. And in, so they're, they're called ancient formity, uh, conformity experiments and there's all kinds of them. And it's basically the same point. If everybody's doing it 80% of the time, you're gonna do it too. These Milgram authority experiments, if someone in authority tells you to do it, you'll do it. Belief, perseverance, confirmation bias, false, consensus, false consensus effect, halo effect, anchoring bias. There's all kinds of these things that the psychologists have figured out through all these tests that we will do just because, you know, we want to conform or the, the halo effect is, well, somebody is good looking and uh, uh, well-spoken. Well, everybody's going to believe them. But if they look like me and speak like me, nobody's going to believe them. And it's, you know, it's, it's all of these, these things and they can predict how people will react. So because they can predict how people can react, they make, uh, I mean, the CIA does this all the time. They will create situations where they can control the population. They change elections in foreign countries, supposedly, but now we know it's in this country too. Um, they do all kinds of stuff to get what they want. And now we see our government doing it on us. And you see it also on these commercials. Yes, that's all advertising is. Yep. Yeah. Well, that it's all of these experiments that have been done for a hundred years that form the basis of advertising. They can convince, they already know what to say and how to act and who to have it done. And that's, what's kind of irritating to me is I'm sure you don't have to tell me you've noticed this, but I'm sure you've noticed this. 80% of the people on TV commercials now are black. Almost a hundred percent are of the couples Yes. are mixed race. Yes. None of that's real. 80% yeah. of the population is not black. 11% is. 0.017% of the population of married people are mixed race. Yes. I saw a really funny 
it was a thing. It was a picture of a gravestone and it said white people in commercials and it ended. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's true. There, there are none anymore. You know, and every family has a black dad and a white mom. 78% of black men don't live at home with their children. You know, it's like... Dad's always the stupid, and the Christians are always the stupid ones. You know, if you've got somebody that's evil and wicked, they're a Christian. If you've got somebody that's an idiot, it's a man. You know, but the black guy will come to save the day with his white wife and his children that are purple and green. You know, it's like none of this is true. So what irritates me is that they're trying to sell you something that has nothing to do with the product. They're trying to change the way the culture is. So I just make a make a note of who that is and won't buy from them. But now everybody's that way. You know, where do you go to find it's like American Home Furniture is probably the only commercial that still has white people on it. And I don't know, maybe blacks don't buy furniture from them. I don't know what the deal is. But anyway, if you study this, it's 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 a fairly simple thing to create a system to make the majority of people do what you want. And that doesn't answer my question of why, because I've never been that way. And I suspect you people aren't, or you wouldn't be here, you know? So between two thirds and and 80% of people, they can manipulate and they do it. And the government's doing it. Yeah. Right. But what happened to all those everybody in the 60s fought against that? And now they're the people that do it. I I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah, but these kids were in their 18, 19, 20, 20, they were out of school. Yeah, they said, I know. So, yeah, right. Yeah, and how do you even know if it's white owned? According to the commercials, there aren't any white owned businesses, they're all black businesses. So, I, I, I don't know. But ultimately, I mean, I don't care about any of that stuff. It just, it still irritates me that, that a majority of people are that stupid or are, or, or are so adamant against, you know, any sort of, um, um, no, <laughs> I don't mind white people. I don't mind black people in commercials. It just irritates me when they're trying to teach me something that's not true. People who don't like confrontation. Oh, is he black? What? Well, somebody's black. I've seen some superhero that's never been black before that all of a sudden he's black. Oh, Spider-Man, somebody. It's like, yeah, Santa's gay and Spider-Man's black. Perfect. (laughs) So I, I don't know. But the thing that worries me is if 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 two thirds to eighty percent of the people just go along to get along, 
we, we will never be out of this because the only way I'll ever be out of this is for people to stand up. And apparently people, people will never stand up. Just say no. Oh, I don't care about the commercials. I just mean you go into the store and they tell you to wear a mask. Tell them no. You, yeah, I, I know. Nobody's ever asked. I go, I go in begging, you know, and nobody ever asks. I go to Summit all the time where it's like Nazi Germany. You have to have a mask. I never wear a mask. I'm here to help you fix something or put something in. And nobody's ever had the balls to say, would you please wear a mask? Yeah. You know, I am primed and ready to go and nobody's ever said it. But anyway, yeah. um, but if everybody would do that, then nobody'd have to wear a mask unless you wanted to wear a mask. Uh -huh. You know, if you want to destroy your own health, that's between you and you. I don't yeah. care. Just leave me out of it. Yeah, of course. Right. And it, there's 43 muscles in your face and kids learn, you know, how, how to, I mean, they see that they see a smile does that and, a, you know, a frown does that. Well, now they can't learn that. How do they, I mean, then they'll never know. But anyway, that's part of the, that's what they're trying to do is destroy uh, not only the country, but everybody that lives it. Because remember, these people are committed to reducing the population of the earth by 90%. 90%. of the people on earth have to die for these people to get their way. So they don't care about somebody who dies from a vaccine or gets a disease from the mask. That, that's small potatoes, because you're all going to die anyway. We're going to make sure. Yeah. Well, they want to kill us, you know, because we're no use to them. And the people that are on board, like these governors think that, you know, they're going to get some great spot in the 500 million. After we're gone, they're gone. They're, they're not getting anything out of it. You know, they're not in the upper echelon or anywhere near the upper echelon. Okay. So anyway, I say all that to say, because I don't care. The world can do whatever the world does. And it's not going to, you know, I'm not going to conform. I can't imagine Dan's going to conform. Um, my daughter might conform just, she'll know better, but she, she might conform just to avoid the, the hassle. Um, but, but my interest has always been people think certain things about scripture. And then when you have them read it and it says something totally different than what they thought it said, they believe what they thought it said. They don't want to hear what, what, what it actually says or what you're pointing to them that it says. They want to believe what they believed before because they don't want to have to change their belief. And I, I guess it, it's because it would mean that they'd have to admit they were wrong. And if they admit they were wrong, maybe they're admitting to themselves they're stupid and they don't want to do it. So it's easier for them to continue to believe the lie then it is to see the obvious truth. And that's what's always irritated me is I, you know, I, I will read, just read the words and see what the words say. And the words don't jive with your flannel graph. They don't jive with most of the uh, churches that you go to. They certainly don't jive with the denominations. Yeah. But we've all changed. None of us believed all that. 
but it goes back to, you know, there's four guys in a crowd of 200,000 standing there going like that, you know, and it's fortunately not that bad, but it is maybe 20 or 30% of the population that will actually be willing to look and learn and change. And I don't see how that's a bad thing. So last time we met two weeks ago, uh, we talked about the truth of Yeshua's birth, the timing of it, how we know what day it was. You know, the scripture lays it all out for you. That he was born in the Marbake of the Migdal Idair of the Boaz during the Feast of Tabernacles, you know, and all that was going on uh, and all that stuff. And you can tell people that. You can tell Christians that. You can show them, they can read it for themselves. It's not like you have to fill in any blanks. You can just give them the verses, let them go read it themselves. <laughs> they don't want to change. Maybe. Yeah. But why would they believe their pastor over God? Right. And I can give you that verse too. You know, there's only one thing Yeshua says that will destroy the word of God. And that's the traditions of man. And he says it a number of times. <laughs> No. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's kind of like what you said too, where once you know something, you're responsible for it. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's a pretty well known, like when you go to court and the judge says, well, why do you have this ticket? Well, I didn't know that law. And you'll say, ignorance of the law. It doesn't matter. You, it, just because you didn't, you say you didn't know. Too bad you broke the law and now yeah. you pay me $500. Now you know. Yeah. And now you know. But, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, same thing. If they pretend that they don't know, then they're not responsible. Yeah, like Alex Baldwin. Well, I just pulled the hammer back and then I let it go. And it went off all by itself. Well, how do you think a gun works? You pull the trigger. The trigger doesn't shoot the bullet. It's the hammer impacting the bullet that makes it go. You know, it's like, gosh, he can't be that stupid. Well, I guess he could be. He's a Democrat. But I mean, I don't. OK, so anyway, we're, we're going to embark on and it, it was Michael's idea. And it's I'm sad he's not here, but we're going to embark on some of those things that we can uh, perhaps learn and use when we talk to our Christian brethren, you know, our and I'm hoping they're Christian and I don't want to impugn that uh, they're not because that's between them and the Lord. But the way I read the book is if they're not making any effort to do the things he asks you to do, you're maybe skating on thin ice. I don't know. But uh, one of the, you know, one of the things that's easy is if you learn the facts about Yeshua's birth. You know, it's, it, there's a few verses. I mean, you just read the book of Luke and it'll tell you, you know, and there's a little research you have to do. You don't even have to believe me. You can look it up yourself. You know, when was the course of Abijah? And when did that happen in 4 BC or 5 BC or 3 or whatever you think? And you can make your own case. I mean, everybody can do math, right? 
So you can figure it out yourself. It's not like I'm telling you this is what happened. It's in scripture. Scripture is telling you. You do a wee bit of research and you can find out. And it's an easy, often non-confrontational way to say, oh, you know, that is a great program, but, you know, maybe, maybe we should cover the truth next time or something. Um, so tonight I want to do another one of those things that if you kind of learn these verses, um, in today's world, they might come in handy for you to speak to some of your um, friends. So um, I'm going to start in the book of Ector, Esther, verse uh, chapter 4, 14. You guys know this verse. It's one of the more famous verses in scripture. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, and I would suggest uh, this time. I mean, we've got stuff going on that is as bad as what was going on in her day. Then shall, uh, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Yehudim from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. So I think we could literally take this as true. Um, if we don't stand up, Somebody will, because, you know, God's going to do what God's going to do. And if he put us on this earth at this time and gave us this knowledge, I mean, it's not a coincidence. This isn't just some random draw of the cards. That's just not the way he works. He puts people all through scripture. He puts just the right person in just the right place at just the right time always for the same purpose. And the purpose is to save all of Israel. And it's happened a number of times. So I'm convinced that it's no coincidence that each of us uh, finds ourselves here. I mean, not necessarily here in this living room, but I mean, here on this earth at this time, when these things are going on, and we have learned something about the word that many people who define themselves as Christians don't seem to know. And they're going to need to know as things begin to progress. And, you know, there are people who think, well, I'm just here, luck of the draw. You know, I could have been here in the 1300s or in 12 BC or whatever. It's just, you know, random. That doesn't work just random. He picks and chooses whom and when and where. And I believe that we are all here for purpose. Um, and if you're going to sit here and listen to me, then you have to listen to me say that I believe you're here for a purpose and you need to um, you need to seek God on that and see what he has for each of us. Okay, so the Bible study starts um, at the end, which is typically the best place to start because, you know, it summarizes everything. So start at Revelation um, chapter one, verse one, and it says the revelation of Yeshua HaMashiach, which Elohim gave unto him to show unto his servants the things which shortly must come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant, Yochanan, who bear record of the word of Elohim, which I would call the Tanakh, and of the testimony of Yeshua HaMashiach, the New Testament, and of all the things that he saw, the revel uh, revelation regarding the end of days. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. 
So if you've ever wondered or hoped or desired to be blessed by Yahuwah, here's a surefire way. Read and believe and do these things that are contained in this book. And of course, this is the only book of scripture that offers that blessing if you, um, if you do and read and, and believe these things. So let's skip to the end. Uh, and by the end, the book of uh, the apocalypse is uh, divided up. Well, you know how it's divided up. Chapter one through five or four is basically about the church. Chapter five through 18 is about the end. And then 19 through 22 is it 19, chapter 19 begins after these things, metatauta, after these things. So the end of the tribulation is at the end of chapter 18. And so that's what I mean by the end. So we're going to look um, at the end of the book. Um, because, of course, if you need to find out what a book says, you read the first chapter and the last chapter. Um, so the last few verses of chapter 18 read this way, starting in uh, 1823. And again, this is the description of what um, the Okanon is seeing at the end, before, after these things, before the, you know, the New Jerusalem and all the good stuff in 19 through 23. This is the end of the bad stuff. And the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee. And the voice of the bridegroom and the bride shall be no, heard no more in thee. For all the merchants were the great men of the earth, for by thy sorceries were all the nations deceived. Okay, so this word sorceries in the Greek is the Greek word pharmakia, which obviously is the word in English, we get pharmaceutical or medicine, or I maybe would suggest vaccine. So, so notice that the, that the apocalypse, apocalypso, just means unveiling, the revealing, the revelation in English. So it's this uh, unveiling of all the things that are going to happen at the end. And, and, and at the end, it says all the nations will be deceived. And it tells you clearly how it is all these nations will be deceived. And it, they'll, they'll be deceived by a pharmacia, by a, a pharmaceutical, a medicine. I would suggest by a vaccine. So, I mean, is this vaccine that vaccine? I, I, I don't know, but um, I suspect it's going to at least play a part. Um, when you see every government on earth, now think about this, every government on earth, Every president, every senator, every congressman, every governor, every provincial leader, every mayor on earth saying the same thing. There should be red flags waving all over the place. You can't get three of these guys to agree on anything. And now you have every single leader of every single nation, every province, every state, virtually every mayor, all agreeing that this pharmacia is, is going to happen, that, that they're using this to change all the rules and, um, you know, forcing people to receive this medicine, 
Um, and it doesn't matter if you're already immune to it. It doesn't matter if you're allergic to it. It doesn't matter if you uh, have a religious conviction that you can't have it. None of that stuff matters. And it doesn't work. <laughs> so the people who have had the vaccine are at a higher likelihood to actually get COVID than the people who are unvaccinated. And they have between 250 and 1,000 times the, um, what is it? Not, not antibodies, but whatever it is that makes you sick. Um, no, because when you get the, when you, when you get COVID, or I assume any illness, that's not what makes you sick. It's your body reacting to it is the thing that makes you sick. What's that? Yeah, maybe. And it, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not obviously anything like a doctor, so I have a tough well, time with it. Similar to Andrew, that's spinal meningitis, which uses allergic penicillin, and the body can hit rocks, hit legs. Oh, yeah. Keep shutting things down, keep the, the initial body alive. Right. And same thing. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing. So, I got vaccinated. Yeah, you're a lucky guy. Good for her. Yeah. Well, by law, half the vaccinations are supposed to be placebos because they're experimental. So <laughs> you have no idea if you got it or not. Hopefully you got a placebo. Because you don't you don't want this thing. This is the bad thing. Um, but any, anyway, it's you know there are easy, inexpensive ways to fix. I mean, it's the coronavirus. It's it's the cold. It's been around since time immemorial. There's no way to vaccinate against that. They've never been able to figure that out. But it's easy to fix. There are now literally a dozen medications that if you start to feel it. You pop a couple of these and you're over it. It's easy. So given all of that, you can be immune. You could be allergic. You can have a religious objection. You can fix it easy. And they're forcing you to get the vaccine. So you know it has nothing to do with healthcare. So if it has nothing to do with healthcare and it's a medicine, what's it for? You know, when I was a kid, I got the measles and the chicken pox and, you know, and all that stuff which is the way it's supposed to work. Because the habit as a kid, you build up the antibodies and you don't get it as an adult when it might actually be harmful. That's God's plan, right? That's always the way it's worked. Even people who had SARS-CoV-1 20 years ago are found to have between seven and 22 times the uh, antibodies against SARS-CoV-2 the vaccinated people have. You know, that's the way God's body works. He made us that way. So again, this, this vaccine is clearly not about healthcare. It's not about helping people. They're insisting everybody gets it. So what is it about? Control, exactly. So uh, if we go back to this sorcery in English, pharmakia in Greek, if we go back to this medicine, which I, again, suggest could be a vaccine, it's going to be used at the end of days, because this is where we're reading this, in chapter 18 of the book of the Apocalypse. This is the last chapter before the new heaven and the earth, right? This is it. 
So this is, this is when this medication is used to control all nations and all people. And is that what you see? I mean, is that because what you're seeing doesn't make sense. There's no reason to give a shot to people who are immune. There's no necessity to give it to, to, to people who are allergic to it. There's no reason to give it to people who object to it. Well, yeah, you can't do that because then people wouldn't have to take the drug, yeah. right? So that's why you know this has nothing to do with healthcare. Any, anybody? Yeah. Yeah. Gonna give you a free beer. You know that, yeah. Like Reagan said, what are the most scariest words in the world? I'm from the government and I'm here to help. You know, plus these, you know, these are experimental. They have not been approved, regardless of what you've heard. The FDA did not approve these. They approved one particular version of it that's only available in Europe. So anything that you get is unapproved. So you're not getting it because they can't sell you an experimental drug. The government is buying it and giving it to you because that's the only way they can protect their liability. Okay, so scripture tells us that this, this pharmakia, this medicine, this vaccine that is going to be used at the very end of time, just before Yeshua returns to regather the house of Israel, will be forced on every person. Or you'll be killed murdered so revelation 13 chapter verse 15 and he had the power to give life unto the image of the beast and the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed okay well that's encouraging um so is this current situation the mark of the beast no, it can't be yet because there's no beast, right? We have to have the beast revealed in order for you to worship him. And then you've got the whole thing about the head wound, you know, there's all this stuff. So is this current vaccine or medication or pharmacia or sorcery this, the mark? And I would suggest probably not yet but it's setting it up because that's the goal, right? Is to get everybody used to getting a shot every six months, because I've already told you the vaccine does not prevent you from getting COVID. In fact, you're more likely to get it. It does not prevent you from passing COVID. In fact, you're more likely to pass it if you've been vaccinated. So what is it? What's the purpose of it? Conditioning. it's conditioning it's control how do you control i mean almost every country since the beginning of time when they control a, they roll into town and they want to beat control whatever this other group of people 
one of the first things they do is mask you up and tie your hands back and then they can control you. And you, you, you should see, or maybe not, you probably don't even want to see this. Some of the masks they used to use in the Middle East that had, you know, they were metal and they would go over your face like that. And they'd have sharp things that go in your mouth. So you couldn't talk because if you moved your tongue, you'd get it cut or poke it because they don't want you to talk. They just want you to do what they tell you to do. And a mask has always been, you know, and everybody knows or everybody should know that the size of the holes in the mask versus the size of the virus is like trying to stop a mosquito with a chain link fence. I mean, how dumb do you have to be to think it makes a difference? All it does is it ruins your respiratory system and they don't care about you because you're gonna die anyway. You're on the X list, right? So it's all about control. None of this is about healthcare. Yeah, these, that's what she's saying is these countries that are 80, 90%, 100% vaccinated are having huge COVID outbreaks. They don't allow people in and out, you know, to the extent that a lot of scientists believe the Delta virus is the vaccine. <laughs> I don't know, you know, it's, I don't know. Okay, so either this whole thing is straight out of the book of Revelation, chapter, well, you should read, you know, between five and 18 often because it's today's stories, or it's just about money. And it could be just about money because the government has always been in bed with big pharma. And if the government can mandate that every person on earth has to take two shots a year, that's 16 billion shots a year. And if the pharmaceutical companies are making 20 bucks a shot, that's $320 billion a year for free with no liability. And they didn't pay to develop them. The government paid to develop these. Remember, that's our tax dollars, which again is a lie because they've been developed for years. The vaccine was not developed as a result of COVID. COVID was developed so that we'd have to take the vaccine. They've had the vaccine for 10 years. Well, that should give you pause. Nope. Well, when you look at Moderna, Moderna is a failed company. They've never produced one single thing to ever make it to market they were created to build this vaccine in 2014 or something that was the only purpose of moderna long before COVID existed they have never produced one single thing but now they can make hundreds of billions of dollars and fauci's a partner and gates is a partner and the government of the united states is a partner <coughs> excuse me <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, it could be some little weasel that doesn't even look dumb. 
I'm sure it will be. <coughs> Probably be gay though. I used to have a bumper sticker that said, shoot low, they might be crawling. But that's because Fauci's so small. Who knows? <coughs> yeah, that government is long gone. Long gone. Okay, so look. So this is one of two things. Either this is Revelation 18 playing out, you know, 16 through 18. Or this is just about the money. So if we go back to Revelation, uh, we don't have to go back. 1823. Um, and it, well, maybe go back to that. 1823, since I've been here a while. Um, <clears throat> okay, I don't know where it is. Did you get it? Okay. So the language in 1823 is interesting because it says, you know, the light of a candle. Right, it uses the term light of a candle, I'm guessing, up there somewhere. And that's obvious. It's used that way dozens of times from uh, Bereshit to, to Revelation. It, it means the word of God. It says the synagogues are churches uh, and the priests are pastors will no longer teach correctly. Uh, the word of Elohim will no longer be heard in the it says. So what, what, is, you know, what does that mean? The future is a place where the churches are closed. Okay, that happened. But more than that, it's a place where the churches no longer teach the truth. <laughs> okay, that leads back to where we started this thing, is why, why don't they teach? The truth is more compelling than the stuff they teach. Why don't they just teach the truth? Why don't they just read the words and teach the words? Nobody can handle the fact there's not a tooth fairy. <laughs> Okay, so it talks about the bridegroom and the groom. And again, this is pretty obvious, the saved and the Messiah. Um, the bridegroom and the groom will, will no longer be heard in this place. So think about the world they're describing in Revelation chapter 18. It says the great men of the earth will be deceived by this sorcery, this pharmacia, this drug. So if they're deceived, think about, you know, what, what about us? So let's back up a, another verse to Revelation 18.22. And it says, The voice of the harpers and musicians and of the pipers and the trumpeters shall no more be heard at all in thee. No craftsman of whatever craft be he, he be, shall be found in thee anymore. And the sound of a millstone shall be heard no more in thee at all. So think about the world it's describing. You know, the churches are teaching bogus stuff if they're even open. You're never going to hear the voice of the bride and the bridegroom again, the saved and the Messiah. Um, you, you won't hear music, right? The voice of the harpers and the musicians and the pipers and the trumpeters. And that could be there's no more concerts, but it's just a way to say, you know, the, the, the world is going to be a, a dreadful, cold, sad, godless place. There won't be any joy. There won't be... Um, singers and musicians and pipers and trumpeters um no craftsmen and the sound of the millstone there won't be any mom and pop stores anymore the craftsmen and the millstone will be gone so the only place you can get stuff is through the government office through amazon you know you have to buy it through jeff bezos or, you know and, and they, whatever they have is what you get you don't get to get what you want you just get what you get 
and you'll be happy about it. And that's the whole idea of the great reset. Klaus Schwab is you'll own nothing and be happy. You know, they will own everything. They're going to own all the homes and all the jobs and you will do what they tell you to do and you'll be happy and you'll eat what they tell you to eat and you'll be happy and you'll marry who they tell you to marry and you'll be happy because you're the slaves and they're the masters. That's the world that's coming. Um, joyless, lifeless, godless place to come. Small businesses, mom and pops, millstones and craftsmen shut down. Again, this is due 100% to this pharmacia, to this medicine, to this vaccine. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Yeah, the poets, the actors, the musicians, the intellectuals. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's what Hitler, if you can't hear the question, that's what Hitler told his army to do when they invaded Poland and Czechoslovakia and all this stuff, was kill all those people. Take the joy out of life and just bring me the bodies, the bricks in the wall. That's exactly what's going on in Afghanistan. Yeah, you can't have that. It's exactly right. <laughs> and we think, you know, oh, Biden's just an idiot. You know, he did that. And I mean, he did that on purpose. This is exactly the way he's doing it. He, he is going to live forever. Mick Jagger. I don't know how I got still. I don't know, he's what, 78 and they just went on tour or something? Still riding a bus every day everywhere he goes. When you read that, uh, it brought up something I hadn't actually uh, brought up before. The town of Rutgers in 52, the trumpeter shall not be heard in you anymore. When I had something devastating happen to me at one point in my life. Yankee right out from under me really hard, and I've always had a song in my head. And I get up to the bathroom and I hear somebody, somebody playing in the headphones, and the song disappears from my head. Hmm. For months, I didn't hear that music in my head. And if this is so devastating, it, it could happen that way. It could be that they're not just that they're not playing anymore. Right. It, it devastates you to the point where. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's the other thing is, you know, these things that they may be describing actual real life things are going to happen. And I suspect they are, but they can also be um, analogous to exactly what you're describing. Just, just your, yeah, your mental state, it's destroyed. You no longer have its song in your heart or in your head or, you know, I don't know. Um, but this, you know, again, the, the purpose of this is to see that all of these things described in chapter 18 of the book of Revelation come as a result of a medicine. <laughs> is this the medicine? I mean, nobody could have figured this thousands, hundreds, maybe even decades ago. Nobody would have ever thought of this. But now all of a sudden it's true. If you, if you are going to inject every person on earth every six months, and now all of a sudden you have medicines that have the possibility of being activated 
from 5G. You know, there's birth control you can give to young women. They inject it. It just sits there dormant until she enters the code on her 5G phone and then it activates the birth control. So that's a possibility. They have medications now that they can give to one person in the village and it spreads, you know, it sheds to the other people in the village so that all of a sudden the whole village can be protected. Um, you know, the technology is, is crazy. And all of this stuff could be and was designed to be used for good. And Robert Malone, the, the Dr. Robert Malone, the guy who invented the mRNA, this is his medication. And he is, I mean, he's been for 18 months, two years, touring the world to the extent that he took the vaccine just so he could travel and talk about don't take the vaccine because they're using this in a way I never intended it to. And they're using it to control and kill you. Don't do it. And it's his, you know, he gave up his Nobel prize because he certainly would have got it for this. And now he's, you know, he's just trying to stay alive because these people are, but that's how serious he was, is about it. Yeah. The oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, in the. Right. Yeah. That's where we are. Evil is good and good is evil. Yeah. We're going to read that, actually. Yeah. It's true. Uh, Revelation 18, 24, and in her was found the blood of the prophets and of the saints and of all those slain upon the earth. So again, this is, the, this is the very end of, this is the end of the end. 18, the end of 18 is the end. It's the end of the tribulation. 19 starts the new heaven and the new earth after these things. This is how it ends. And in her was found the blood of the prophets and of the saints and all that were slain upon the earth. Well, they're, you know... <laughs> They're coming after you. They don't want people like you. They don't want people that are going to object. And they certainly don't want people who know the Lord. You know, they don't have a problem with the Catholics or the Methodists or, you know, they have a problem with us. Because if you, if you, if you say you know the Lord, but you don't, you're golden in their book. You know, the Pope is awesome, right? Because he's so far from the truth and he's leading 2 billion people astray. This is perfect. We love him, but people like us, they hate. <laughs> yeah. So uh, <clears throat> the her in here and in her was found the blood of the prophet saint that is, is referring to Babylon, which is a picture of the unbelieving world. Um, okay. So let's, uh, let's back up a little bit to revelation 18 chapter or eight, 18, one through five. And it says, after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power. And the earth was lighted with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice saying, Babylon, the great has fallen, has fallen and has become the habitation of devils and the whole of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all nations have drunk the wine of the wrath of her fornication with her and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies for her sins have reached into heaven and Elohim hath remembered her inequities. So let's take a 
quick look at that. Um, after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lighted with his glory. So who, who comes down from heaven and can light the whole world? Um, and he cried mightily with a strong voice saying Babylon, and Babylon is, of course, from the Hebrew Babel, and it means confusion or nonsense or double talk. Um, it should be called Biden, not Babel. And a picture, it's a picture of the world. Babylon the Great has fallen, has fallen, and has become a habitation of devils, and the hold of every foul spirit and the cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Um, it's interesting. The word, <clears throat> it's a Greek word, akatharos, or something like that, um, means um, morally lewd or without Torah, and it's translated here as unclean. So the idea of unclean is to be morally lewd and without Torah, without the law. Um, it's, that's the word for unclean. Then the Greek word miseo is translated as hateful, which is kind of what it means. And the word pronounced ornion is translated here as bird. It's from Hebrew nasar, which means to rise or lift up. So you can sort of conclude from this um, that hate is rising at the time of this sorcery or medication or pharmacia. Hatred of the people of God is rising among the morally lewd and unsaved as this medication makes its way to all nations. And if, if you've been following along any of the people who have tried to submit a religious exemption and you know, sometimes they're taken, but most of the time, they, these people are just abused. And uh, we heard, well, it was one of JD's things. This, you know, she submitted her religious exemption and the company responded back, wanting a notarized affidavit that, you know, she's never taken an aspirin or had, you know, all of these things that they claim, you know, used uh, fetal tissue, which isn't true, by the way. And, you know, there was eight steps. I mean, they hate Christians. These people want to get rid of the Christians. Well, that's kind of what they're saying here. So verse three says, for all nations, not some nations. And again, can you think of anything in the history of history where every single leader of every single nation agreed on the same thing? I mean, that's not even possible. This has to be some sort of supernatural deal so if it's a supernatural deal is it god's supernatural deal or is it the enemy's supernatural deal you know and you hear the politicians talk about it. oh this is from god who was it the new the new governor of of new york she's saying oh that's what she's saying this is all from god and this is all good stuff and you people need to do all this and take all these things and god wants you to do yeah it's saving lives and I mean, it's, you talk about misinformation, um, it's, it's totally untrue. I think so. Um, okay, so it says, for all nations, um, and that's, you know, if, the, if you were to think that this was supernatural from God, the supernatural part of that would be that 205 nations have all of a sudden chosen to embrace the God of Israel. Now, that's never going to happen. So you know it's not supernatural from that side. So it has to be supernatural from the other side. So it says, for all nations have drunk or ingested or accepted of the wine, intoxication, of the wrath of her fornication. 
sorcery, medicine, and the kings of the earth, think about who that is, you know, Bezos, Gates, Biden, Fauci, Zuckerberg, Schwab, and the rest of the kings have committed fornication or harlotry or have become one uh, with her, with Babylon, with the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance, you know, dutimous, uh, miraculous power of this vaccine, this, this sorcery, this pharmacia, this vaccine of her delicacies. And the word, Greek word delicacies is strenos. It means strength and oddly translated here as delicacies. But the, the merchants of the earth waxed rich through the abundance of her strength, of the, you know, the strength and the power of forcing every person on earth to take this sorcery, this pharmacia, this medication. Okay, verse four. And I had heard another voice from Hanks, uh, from heaven, saying, come out of her, my people, that would be us, and be not partakers of her sin, and receive not of her plagues. And that's, <laughs> plagues is the word pleso in Greek, which means to inflict calamity. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and Elohim hath remembered her inequities, which I guess sort of uh, nails the coffin down as to which supernatural power this is. You know, it's it's the other side. It's Satan. It's the it's the opposition to God. So you can you know read uh, the rest of the book of the Apocalypse, uh, chapter six through eighteen. <clears throat> but let's pop back up to chapter thirteen, <coughs> verse fifteen again, and seventeen. <coughs> Man, I must have COVID. And he had the power to give life unto the image of the beast, and the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast that should be killed or have the governor of your state prohibit life-saving medications or prevent unvaxxed from being treated in the hospital or any of that stuff. And causeth all, both great and small, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads. And if you remember back in March or right around there, we talked about Bill Gates patenting this thing called the quantum dot microneedle vaccine delivery system. Um, and it's like a Band-Aid. And it goes on the back of your hand or your forehead, and it has these microneedle teeth that are made out of uh, sugar, basically. So you put them on. They, they only go through the, the top two layers of skin, which is why it has to be on the back of your hand or your forehead where your skin's thin. And then because it's made of sugar, um, they just melt away. And it releases the, uh, you know, the little sugar teeth, the fangs are full of the medication. You put it on, you barely feel it. It goes through the first two or three layers of your skin. Then the sugar uh, melts away. The vaccine or the medication goes in to your system. And that's the way you get it. Um, verse 17 said that no man might buy and sell, save that he had the mark. And that word is karagamoth which means a badge, stamp to, uh, a badge, a stamp, an etching, or a tattoo, or the name of the beast and the number of his name. So it's probably just a coincidence that Bill Gates' uh, patent number on the quantum dot microneedle tattoo vaccine delivery system is 2020-060606. Um, and the House bill authorizing the state the federal government to come into your house, enter your house and forcibly vaccinate you is contained in HR 6666. 
Okay, so it seems to me that if you read Revelation chapter 18 and you know the words, that this is all about this medication, this pharmacia, this it's, and I can't over, overstate this. It is this pharmacia that brings us to a place where the beast, the false prophet, and the Antichrist are revealed. It's this, this pharmacia that puts all people in bondage and kills a number of people. So we're not there yet, but I think we're headed there. But if we're not there yet, but we're headed there, I might suggest that we start in Revelation chapter 6, because that's the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And if you recall, the white horse comes to conquer the world. And I would suggest, you know, check, that's done. The vaccine has conquered every country on earth. Uh, the red horse comes to bring violence on the earth. We've never seen violence like we've seen in the last year, and it's only going to get worse. Uh, the black horse comes to bring, anybody? Staggering inflation. Okay, check. That's on the way. And then the pale horse comes to bring the death of a quarter of the population. Now, realize that never before in the history of history has it even been possible to kill a quarter of the population of the earth. That, you know, people say, oh, the nuclear, you know, winter and all that stuff. It's never been possible to kill that many people. You know, they've tried it with world wars and with pandemics and, you know, and you just can't kill a quarter of the population of the earth at one time. You don't think it's... You just can't. Israel? No, this is a quarter of the population of the earth. It's more than just Israel, I would suggest. So how is that possible? Well, if you vaccinate every person on earth and you can set it off with 5G, all of a sudden it's easy. It doesn't even take some supernatural <laughs> event doesn't take some planet falling from the sky. You know, they can just turn it on and turn it off. And then if you read on through six and seven and eight, a quarter of the population dies, then a third of the rest die, then a third of the rest die. Well, that's not even possible. It hasn't been possible unless you could inject every single person on earth with some medication, some sorcery, some pharmacia. Okay, Yeshayahu uh, 520, Isaiah 520. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, and put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Um, you know, and, and again, let's go back to the beginning where I, I have always wondered, how is it possible that, you, that, that Christians don't even want to know the truth? They're, they're perfectly content knowing what they know. They don't want to know anymore. It'll like fry their mind or something. Um, and there are going to be a lot of Christians that are on the wrong side of this. There are right now, there's a lot of Christians on the wrong side of this. They do not see the potential evil for this. And they're going along to get along, like those two-thirds of the people twisting the dials. You know, the guy in the lab coat said, No, 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 you must do this. And they do it. They they're sad, they're crying, they're begging, please don't make me do it, don't make me do it do it and they do it these you know it's when you read isaiah or any other place that you read about these people they call evil good and good evil they don't 
Isaiah doesn't tell you that these people are evil. And again, you have to read the words, right? He doesn't say they're evil, but what they're doing is evil. And when you start talking to Christians about, you know, this, I mean, to me, this is pretty clear. The evidence is, you know, it could be 300 years, I suppose. I, I don't think so. I think the evidence is pretty clear from the words it's right now. We're not going to live another 300 years or 200 years or whatever. But if you start talking to Christians about what the Bible says, you know, and they say, oh, it's sorceries. Well, it's not sorceries. It's pharmacia. Do you see a difference between what you envision as sorceries, you know, people casting uh, funny spells on you and a medicine? If you just look at what the word says, you get a little better picture of what it means. And when you start talking to Christians about this could, this could be right out of the book of Revelation. This could be the precursor to chapter 18. Read the signs. Exactly. But they don't want to. So how, how are they going to learn? Because they're not evil per se, but they're supporting something that's evil. They're calling something good that is bad. They're calling something bitter sweet. They're calling something that's dark light. And they're not doing it because they're evil people. They're doing it because they're confused. At the end of the second day of Hosea, obviously this is not rocket science, but the time just preceding the third day of Hosea, which is the end of days, it's described like this. In Husha 6.4, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the Torah of thy Elohim, I will also forget thy children. I mean, that's frightening enough. But you look again, if, if, if you read the words and what they mean, the, the word translated here as knowledge is the Hebrew word yada. And I've got it spelled. I meant to put it up there. Uh, it, it is. So yada means knowledge. Translated in English is knowledge. But it's an intimate knowledge. Um, Adam and Chava uh, yadad <laughs> to get their children, right? It, it, it doesn't come any more intimate than that. So he says, um, my, my people are destroyed for lack of intimate knowledge because you have rejected da'at is the other word for knowledge. Um, and it's like book, book knowledge, rote learning. So you have rejected this yada, this intimate knowledge. I will reject you too. He's not rejecting these people because they're dumb. He's not rejecting these people because not, they're not book smart. He's rejecting them because they're not intimate with the word. Well, again, most Christians are flannel graph Christians. They're not intimate with the world. And he's saying my people are destroyed for this lack of intimate knowledge of my word not because they're dumb, not because they're not book smart. They could have PhDs and, you know, H2SO4s and whatever after their name. I'm not saying they're stupid. I'm saying they're not intimate with me. 
and they will be destroyed. And what does he say? I will also forget thy children. I mean, that's frightening. Uh, <clears throat> many, I'm afraid, are going to be deceived and unwittingly pave the road for the enemy. And I'm sure at the end, when this is all revealed, they'll be horrified. <laughs> they didn't mean to do that. And I know they didn't mean to do that. That's probably the farthest thing. They think they're doing good. They think they're doing right because the enemy has said to them, oh, you've got to do this for your family and your children and your community. You've got to do this for other people. You know, you're a selfless Christian. You should know you have to do this. You have to get this shot. And they've said, oh, yeah, that sounds great. I'll do it because they've never bothered to read the word. Proverbs 17, 15. And he that justifies the wicked and he that condemns the just, even they both are abominations to Yahuwah. It Again, he's not saying they are evil. He's saying what they are doing is evil, and it's an abomination to the Lord. Since the exodus and the tabernacle in the wilderness, the job of the priests, they've had one job, to teach the people to discern between the holy and the profane. And it seems like it ought to be simple, but it's not. It's not immediately obvious to us what holy is and what profane is. And look around the world. I mean, you see these people who identify as Christians who I'm certain love the Lord and are just trying to do the right thing, but they're doing the wrong thing. They're doing the evil thing. And um, so the priests back in the days of the tabernacle didn't do such an awesome job of teaching the people to determine which was holy and which was profane. In fact, half the time the priests were profane. So it was difficult for them to teach the children what's holy and what's profane. And I would suggest things have not improved um, significantly today. You know, and you see some, some pastors and churches are closing down because of COVID. Others are staying open and fighting. Some churches are opening their doors to be vaccination centers, and others are fighting this tooth and nail. Um, <clears throat> some denominations, like we read last week or the week before, believe they are above the words of the Bible, and some keep the words of the Bible. So how are we as sheep to know what's true? Because you're not getting the answer from the pastors and the priests. They're all over the board on all this stuff. So one of these camps has to be wrong. How do we determine who it is? Davarim uh, 29, 19, Deuteronomy. And it shall come to pass when he heareth the words of this curse, that he shall bless himself in his heart, saying, I shall have peace. I walk in the imagination of my heart. And I'm, uh, <laughs> you know that I am very concerned that there are a great many people who identify as Christians in the imagination of their heart. They think they're saved. And you ask them, why? Why do you think you're saved? Well, God loves me. Yes, he loves everyone. But why do you think you're saved? Because I can tell you why the Bible says you should be saved. You know, if you obey his commandments and you love the Lord, well, you've got one of the two. Is that good enough? Does he grade on the curve far enough so that you're saved? I don't know. I'm not God. 
but this whole imagination of their heart thing. They think in their heart, they're golden. And you've probably seen those interviews, you know, they stand out in front of St. Patrick's Cathedral or something. And as the church doors open and thousands of parishioners are coming out, excuse me, sir, can you tell me how you're saved? Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, you, uh, uh, you, you just do better. You know, you, you treat other people better. You, the golden rule, the golden rule, that's it. And 99 out of 100 people coming out of these big churches say that. Well, I'm good. You know, I treat my neighbors well. Excellent. What do you suppose the Bible says? Because that's not what the Bible says. You should do that as a result of you're knowing his word, you're obeying his commandments, then you will do those things and be good to your neighbors and all that stuff. You don't get to heaven because, you know, you brought your neighbor's candy at Christmas, which isn't even the right day, right? Um, you know, Matthew 7, uh, talking about the broad road and the narrow road and those, you know, he was talking to people who thought they were saved. He wasn't standing out in the highways and the byways talking just to people walking up and down the street. This was a group of, of Pharisees, of people who thought they were God's people. And he's saying to them, most of you are on the broad road. You're not going. Few of you are on the narrow road. Well, that's what he's saying to us. We need to be on the narrow road. Yeah, two, two. <laughs> yeah, three million made it to the promised land. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, the, okay, so it's it's the ditto with the 10 virgins in Matthew 25. 10 virgins waiting for the bridegroom to come. The bridegroom blows the, the people bringing the bridegroom blow the trumpet. The wedding feast is about to begin. Five of them don't have any lamp oil. They have to run into town and buy some. They miss the whole thing. They knock on the door, please let us in. Depart from me, I never knew you. They thought in the imagination of their heart, they were saved. But they weren't. Wouldn't it have been better if someone told them while they were on the hillside before the wedding feast that maybe you're not on the wedding feast. Maybe there's something you need to do. But nobody wants to do that. 80% of the people don't want confrontation. They will say something they know is not true rather than have to have conflict. Well, that's not going to save anybody. I mean, I'm not even sure that's going to save you. stand and face the Lord because mm -hmm. they're not you know now we know that and even in their politics they've taken uh, <coughs> Netanyahu he's out of the picture now yeah. and things are falling apart now. well but the Israel over there is not the Israel in scripture 
because the Israel in Scripture was created by the Lord when He returns. Yes. Well, He hasn't returned. No. So the, the Israel that's over there is created by the United Nations and the Rothschilds and you know all these godless people mm -hmm. for their own purposes to make money. So you know don't don't be too confused about today what you see in Israel because they're just people like us that happen to live in the right spot. But the time is coming when the Israel of Scripture will be um, brought to bear when the Lord returns. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I support Israel 100%. The Israel of today that's over there, you know, I pray for them. But I also recognize they are not the Israel in Scripture. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know how it plays out. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, well, they are God's people. They're the chosen people, you know. And... Jews you have today, you know, most of them, they're not even practicing their... No. Yeah. They're cultural Jews, but, but most of us are cultural Christians. So it's the same. We go to church. We have a Bible, but we don't believe it. We don't read it and when we read it it doesn't matter what the words say we just believe what we've been told <laughs> well i know you do you know that's what i'm saying the people in this in this little group are those those guys standing there like this when everybody else has got their arm out right um but yeah so and i don't know i'm not i'm not the the final you know end all be all here but I just, it's always been my desire or burden, or I, I don't know how, how you phrase it. I mean, since the, the day I walked into church, I've had a heart for not the people outside of church, for the people inside of church. Because God showed me from day one, I think, in my heart, that a lot of these people don't know him. And I barely knew him. I mean, it seemed like a ridiculous thing for him to put on my heart. But it's. But you admit it. Well. well yeah. Well, that's true. <laughs> oh. All right, Mark seven thirteen. Mark seven thirteen. There is, a, you know, and this is also in Matthew fifteen uh, one through nine. And there's only one thing in the world that can destroy the word of God. And you think, oh, that's really, you know, can God make a rock so big you can't pick it up? You know, it's one of those questions. What, what is it that can destroy the word of God? And it's, it's us making the word of Elohim of none effect through your tradition, which you have delivered and many such like things you do. And you can read the longer version in Matthew 15, one through nine. There's only one thing that can destroy or overpower or overcome the word of God. And that's us. That's the things that we think. That's our traditions. When the pastor tells you, oh, we're celebrating Easter and Christmas, but we don't celebrate Passover and, and tabernacles. When they talk to you about all, you know, Jacob, that means a heel catcher. He was a deceiver. Well, it doesn't mean that. It means he was a restrainer. He was restraining the evil. You know, there's, there's a million things. And I know firsthand that when you bring these up to the pastor, and maybe because I don't bring them up, uh, maybe in a soft, delicate way, I don't want to hear it. 
that's not no that's i mean they never say i'm wrong but they can't they've taught this this way for how many years and they can't just all of a sudden stop teaching it that way like well why not i did i mean i recognize stuff i taught years and years ago was wrong and i'm sorry that i did it but i know that god is big enough to make it work right and i'm sure it's the same with all these pastors god is going to take care of it <laughs> yeah i don't know he's going to work it out somehow i hope um so i, I don't know anyway so is this experimental gene therapy, this masquerading and this vaccine, uh, the mark of the beast? I don't know. I suspect that it's a trial run at the very least, and it's getting people prepared to be used to taking a vaccine, to be used to doing whatever they say. If they say mask up, maxed up. If they say close your business and you know, go out of business, then you do. If they say you got to sell your house to the government and move to the... Um, you know the compound then you do they're getting you used to doing what they tell you to do so in that sense it's it, it may not be uh, revelation 13 right now but i suspect it's coming and if you don't want that to happen we need to stand up we need to pray and stand up you know people just need to say no and and now that i've looked into the psychological uh way to manipulate people um i am completely disheartened because i thought you could convince most people just by facts and logic but you can't most people cannot be convinced by facts and logic and truth they just yeah i'm running out of patience with you right you know and they talk about misinformation and disinformation well it's them those are the people that are lying. You know, I heard Biden say, and not just Biden, but so many others, 90% of the people in the hospitals are unvaccinated. That is a lie. That is an absolute lie. More people in the hospitals have been vaccinated. I mean, a lot more, like 85% have been vaccinated. It's the exact opposite of what they say. But then Facebook comes and closes anybody with the truth down and promotes all the lies and the disinformation. And people buy it. And because it comes from an authority figure, a guy in a white coat, they believe it. If it comes from me, I don't believe it. Why would I believe that guy? I mean, just look at him. <laughs> I'll believe Fauci. He's a doctor. Yeah. He's trying to kill you. Do you realize that he's trying to kill you? His goal is to reduce the population there by 90%. And you think you're going to be part of that 10%? I want what you're smoking. Because you're sick. Okay. In, in, in Luke chapter 17 and in Matthew chapter 16, um, Luke 17, 20 through 37 and Matt, uh, Matthew 16, 24 through 28, it says a lot, but it basically says this. And whoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. And whoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. So why are you taking a vaccine? Well, to save my life and to save the life of the community and the family. Do you read the word? Oh, yes, I read the word every day. Well, have you ever read this? Whoever seeks to save their life will lose it. And it doesn't mean you're going to die. It means you lose your salvation. But whoever loses his life shall save it. Why? That doesn't make any sense. Well, it's because 
who are you trusting? Are you trusting the vaccine? Are you trusting Fauci? Are you trusting Biden? Are you trusting your pastor? Are you trusting the Lord? It's real simple. Do you trust the Lord or not? If you trust the Lord, then trust the Lord. If he tells you to take the vaccine, then take the vaccine. If he tells you not to, don't. If you don't think it's a smart thing, don't. But don't let these white-coated morons, these people who are illegally elected, they're not, don't let, don't let anybody, don't let me tell you. Read it yourself. I've had an interesting um, life for the last 50 years. Um, 15 or 20 of those years were before I was a Christian. And I freely told all you people I was 35, you know, when I came to know the Lord. And that's truish. I mean, I didn't actually ever. My grandmother used to take me to the Catholic Church. That never made sense. Some some friends of my parents used to take me to the Lutheran Church. That didn't make any sense. My lovely wife tried to take me to the Baptist Church. That didn't make any sense. Um, none of it made any sense to me. But ever since I was young, like 15 or so, um, <laughs> I've known there's been a God. And I know he's looked out for me because I've been in enough uh, situations and mishaps that I should never have lived through. And as a, you know, even in my late teens, I recognized that there was a God and he was protecting me for whatever reason. And every time I would get close to finding uh, somebody, I mean, he would send angels, I believe angels to work with me, talk to me, you know, whatever. And then I would try to make the next step and they'd be gone. And I, I never really got it. I didn't know what the deal, but I always knew he was there protecting me. So it's, it has worked out. So that when I finally was old enough to make a decision to come to the Lord, I really already knew the Lord. I just didn't know him, you know, personally, like, but I knew he was there protecting me. And I don't feel the need to um, wear a seatbelt or get a vaccine or because if he wanted to take me out, he said plenty of options in the past to take me out and he didn't. And so I believe that, you know, he knows my, he knows my days mm -hmm. and I, there's nothing anybody can do to change that. Yeah. And I will go when I go and I'll go when he says go and I'll stay until he says stay. But um, why, you know, that's, it, it was easy to see things growing up, but you know, cause you to step back and go, wow, there must be a God. And it was, it was easy, really, to, when I finally went, you know, went to Calvary for the first time. And, and it was fairly easy. You know, all of this has been pretty easy, but I've never known why. And I wonder now if this isn't why, because I don't, I, I, I don't, I'm not worried about my life, you know? God has it. Trust. I, well, I do. I trust, the, but, but he built that trust in me before I ever knew him. That's right. And he made That's sure right. that he built that trust in me before I ever knew him on purpose. I had plenty of chances to go to these other churches and they just never made any sense. Mm -hmm. But there was a time at which he said, okay, fine, let's go. But he already had in my heart 
that he, he knew my days because there's no other excuse for me being there. I'd have been gone long ago. They should have been gone long ago, a lot of times. And that's fine. So I don't care. I mean, I, I'm not worried about a vaccine or a, a, a COVID or, you know, whatever they're going to throw at me. I don't, it doesn't matter to me. But I, I can appreciate the fact that there are people that um, do desire to stay alive and will do whatever they think is necessary to stay alive. And they're not always, in my opinion, looking at the truth of the word. And if, you know, if, how do you, how do you read something? Whoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. And whoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. How do you read that and, and then choose not to trust the Lord, but to trust the vaccine or the seatbelt or. Yes. Yes. Right. And you can't do that unless you know his word. Yeah. And if, and if you do know his word and you know him, then you will be that way. You don't have to try to be that way. You will be that way. You know, and so many people, I think, get that wrong. And they say, well, if I'm just nice, I'll be saved. No, if you're, if you're, nice, if you're saved, nice. you'll be nice. You know, I, I, I don't know. Anyway, that's... Um, Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's an idol. And if you read those longer sections that I gave you in Matthew and Luke, you'll see that it's, it may not even be talking about life. It's more or less talking about salvation. You know, if you seek, if, 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 you know, if life equates with salvation and you struggle to keep it, you may lose it. But if you just embrace it, then it doesn't matter what happens. That's right. Because he's got you here for, for a reason. It goes back to why are you here? Why are you here right now? You know, you could have been here 100 years ago or 1,000 years ago or 2,000 years ago. But you're not. You're here today. <laughs> well, I wouldn't expect you to still be here. <laughs> but he has you here right now. And this is what's going on right now. And that's what the word says about right now. And, and never before in the history of history would we have been able to understand that in this sense, because there's never been ever in the history of history, a time when every person on earth was able to get a shot that could be lethal. <laughs> so I don't know, you're here, why are you here? I, you take it up with the Lord, but I suspect you're here on purpose and he has something for you to do. Mm -hmm.